Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, good morning everyone. What a shame the video was not working. I actually filmed the video in our lounge last night. So I can give you a snippet, but we can get it through to you in the week. Dave was actually going to share with you that he's not here today. I don't know if any of you have noticed that. Dave is actually on his way right now to Germany. And he's actually going to a conference over there called the Grow Conference, which is a conference for leaders all over the world that just come in an incredible environment where they can learn, they can grow. And Dave is really excited to bring back some things that we really believe are for now that are going to help us in this next season. He's back on Thursday, so I'm home alone with the babies. So pray for Dave that he has a really, really blessed trip, safe traveling mercies, and returns from Germany. Also, Dave is just in that video there encouraging us with the hampers. Chris has already done a great job. Let's give. Let's be generous. And also, the next seven weeks, it's seven weeks till Christmas, everyone. Like, half of us look terrified at that thought. The other half of us look like, I don't care, actually, in the slightest. Seven weeks till Christmas. But as a church, we want to celebrate Christmas again. Real big. Why? Because it's about Emmanuel. It's about God coming down to be with us. And over the next few weeks, loads of ways you can get involved in serving here this Christmas 2019. And let's be praying that actually souls come into the kingdom, that men, women, boys and girls meet the Lord Jesus this Christmas. So but we'll get that video to you. So how are we all doing this morning? Are we doing good? A big welcome to everyone that's tuned in on our podcast as well. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, Happy November. And then turn to the neighbour you've just ignored and say, You're the best thing I've seen all November so far. It's absolutely true from where I'm standing anyway. So today is part two of our series called Empowered, which is all about the Holy Spirit. And it's my privilege to kick us into the second part of where we're going to be going today. And last week, we looked at who the Holy Spirit is. And we unpacked that the Holy Spirit is a person, Rather than a force or a thing, the Bible never refers to the Holy Spirit as it. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as he. And the Bible shows us that the Holy Spirit has intellect, emotion, and will. If we just take it back to the intro slide for now, that is fab. But not only is the the Holy Spirit a person, He is divine as well. The Holy Spirit is God himself. And therefore, the Holy Spirit has all the same attributes and power that God has. The Holy Spirit is eternal. 
all-powerful, everywhere and everywhere present and all-knowing. And the Holy Spirit is referred to by two different words in the Bible. And in the Old Testament, that is written in the Hebrew language. And the word in the Hebrew language for spirit is ruach. Turn to your neighbor and say ruach, like you really mean it. And this word ruach, you see, we lose some of the depth in our English language. But in Hebrew, what the Old Testament was written in, this word ruach means wind, breath, or blast of breath. That is how the Spirit is described in the Old Testament. The word ruach, the Spirit being wind, breath, or blast of breath. In the New Testament, the New Testament was written in Greek. And in the Greek language, the word for spirit is pneuma. Say pneuma together. Pneuma. And this word means a current of air, a blast of breath, or a strong breeze. That is how the New Testament writers are describing what the spirit is like. So literally translated, the spirit... The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. The breath of God. And today, we're going to be looking at the coming of the Holy Spirit. Why it was such a significant occasion. And how actually it can impact you and me today. And indeed, how God wants the Holy Spirit to impact our lives today. So we're going to start our journey today at the beginning of the New Testament. And in case any of us don't know, because I never want to presume that any of us may know anything in particular, but the beginning of the New Testament starts off with four books. They are called, can you say it with me if you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And they are referred to as the four Gospels. They talk about the life of Jesus from four different perspectives, from four different authors. If you went home today and I asked three of you here to tell me about the service today, you'd all say the same thing in different ways because you'd have a different perspective. That was what the Gospels were like. And they spoke about the life, the death, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. But then we move on to the very next book after Matthew, Mark, Luke and John is the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is the historical record of the early church. It's all about how the church got going, where they went, what happened, the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between. And Luke, in fact, Dr. Luke, we've got a few doctors in the house today, is actually the disciple that wrote the book of Acts. And many of us may know that when Jesus died, he was put in a tomb. And three days later, the Bible says that he was resurrected. And he, was, he 
he was resurrected in his resurrection body. He showed them the marks, the nails on his hands. He showed them, this is, this is where they stabbed me with a spear on the cross. He appeared to them, the Bible says, when he came back to life for 40 days. But for these 40 days, he would appear at any random times. They may have been eating a meal and suddenly Jesus would walk in. Then he'd go again and then he'd appear somewhere else. And for 40 days, the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to over 500 people who said, we've seen him. We've seen the resurrected Jesus. And something real important happened in these 40 days. Jesus said, listen, I've got something really important to tell you. And we're going to check out what Jesus says. So come with me to the book of Acts. We're going to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to be reading verse 4 to 5 and verse 8. On one occasion, so this was when Jesus appeared, while he was eating with them, that's his disciples, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power. Everyone say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And see, church, it was a bit like this. Imagine it. They're together. They're disciples. They're eating. It's still in this period of 40 days before Jesus is going to ascend back to heaven. And he says, listen, listen. Don't move from Jerusalem until there's a gift that's coming that I'm about to give you. You see, you know me. You've spent three years hanging out with me. But I've got something else for you. But there's more. And it's that important. I'm commanding you, don't leave the city. Don't leave Jerusalem until I give you the gift. And in another passage, Jesus actually says to his disciples, hey, it's a good thing that I'm going back to heaven. Don't be sad. This is a good thing because now I'm going, the helper, the Holy Spirit is about to come. But he's not going to come to you until I've gone. So actually, it's all good. It's all good that I'm going. I'm not going to leave you with orphans, as orphans. But I'm sending you someone just like me. We spoke about that last week. With the same substance. The same as me. But someone different. And then as we continue with Dr. Luke, we go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And here we find the disciples together. Now, we get our calendar out. Where are we? Well, the 40 days of Jesus appearing has expired. Jesus has now gone back to heaven. 
That's his ascension, we call it. And this is after the period of 40 days. So remember what Jesus said. He said, don't leave the city. Wait. And this is exactly what they're doing. And we find in Acts chapter 2, the disciples are together. So let's read on. Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Pause. Leanne, what is Pentecost? Okay, I get they were all together. Well, we're doing that. We're all together now. But what is Pentecost? And Pentecost was one of the three major holidays that the Jewish people would celebrate. It was a holiday. It was a feast. It was a little bit like you and me. It would have been like our Christmas, New Year, and Easter. It was their holiday. And for them, Pentecost was really important. See, their three major holidays were Pentecost, Passover, and Tabernacles. And Pentecost was the time when the Jewish people would remember that God gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. And for them, that law was important. For them, that law showed them how to live. So they would remember Pentecost and they would celebrate Pentecost. Passover, well, that, that was something else even more. In a nutshell, they would remember that actually once in days gone by, they weren't free, they were slaves in Egypt. And God sent Moses to Pharaoh, and, Mo Moses and Pharaoh said, I'm not going to let my people go. So God said, okay, then here we go, plagues. God sent ten plagues. The tenth plague was that the firstborn in every house would be killed. But God said to his people, if you take the blood of a lamb, paint it over the lentil of your door, I will pass over that house, and no death will come to your house. So Passover was the other feast that they would celebrate. But Pentecost was the day where we find ourselves today. But what does this word Pentecost mean? Because it can sound a bit of a freaky word. Well, actually, Pentecost actually simply means the number 50. Pent means five, and costy means to the 10th power. So Pentecost simply means 50. Well, 50 what? 50 days after Passover came Pentecost. Passover, 50 days, Pentecost. So here they were celebrating Pentecost. And something incredible happened. Verse 2. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Wow. Wow. Remember the word ruach and numa? What did we say that meant? It meant wind. 
It meant breath of God. And right here, we see that God's wind, that God's breath swept right on in to that Pentecost gathering. And something amazing happened. These normal men and women were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the word tongues here, what that actually means is languages. These men and women suddenly started speaking other human languages. How do we know that? Well, actually, you check it out when you get home. A few verses down in Acts 2, there's many other Jewish people that have come for Pentecost, and they say, hang on a minute, I can hear my language. Hang on, that's what we speak back home. And Acts records there were at least 15 different languages that these disciples of Jesus supernaturally started speaking. It's a bit like I could not suddenly start speaking Mandarin. I would love to, because it's a good language to learn these days, apparently. For these, these disciples, it was a supernatural event that took place, that suddenly they started speaking in different languages as the Holy Spirit came on them. And in week four of this series of Empowered, we're going to be looking a little bit more at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because that is what the Bible refers to this account as. They were baptized, which means baptizo, it means immersed, they were immersed in the Holy Spirit. So whatever you do, don't miss week four. It is going to be absolutely amazing as we get to find out more that actually we believe this is something for us today. This is something that God wants you to access today. This isn't something just for these guys and girls from 2,000 years ago. This is something God wants to breathe over your life today, 2019, right here and now. So enough on that, but we're coming into that more on week four. But imagine, imagine you were there. Like, imagine you were there with your phone and your camera. Like, that'd be something to write home about, wouldn't it? That'd be something to make a little comment on Facebook about. Well, you'll never guess what happened to me today. Like, what an incredible account. These guys, these girls, they would never have experienced this before. In fact, these guys and these girls, do you know what they were doing like 50 days before this? They were like running away from Jesus. Some of them were like disowning him. Some of them were like, it is game over. And 50 days after, they're experiencing something they've never seen before. You see, this was the gift that Jesus referred to in Acts 1 verse 4. That thing that Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. I'm sending you a gift, the Holy Spirit. This was it. This was the gift of the Holy Spirit. But why? It's all good, but why? Why did God 
send the Holy Spirit? Why did Father God need to send this helper, need to send this gift, need to send the Holy Spirit? And why was Pentecost important? And I'm just going to take the next few minutes to help us understand that more. Because actually, everything is in the why. It's not in the what, it's in the why this even happened. And the first thing is Pentecost is important because it's about power. It's about power. Turn to your neighbour and say, it's about power. You see, Acts 1 verse 8 says, I'm going to give you power to be my witnesses. And here's the thing, church. Jesus knew that the assignment that he'd got for his followers, his boys and girls that loved him, he knew it was too big for them to pull off by themselves. He knew that they could not do it. He knew it. And see, Pentecost was all about God equipping his church, his followers, with the power they needed to pull off what God had got in store for them. Because without this power, they weren't going to go a week. They weren't going to last. Without this power, the church certainly was not going to go around the globe. They needed God's power to pull it off. You see, rather than run away from Jesus like they'd done 50 days before, now God was saying, actually, you're going to be running to me with such a power that you're going to bring loads of other people with you. But Jesus knew, without my power, it's game over. They need my power. You see, what they didn't know at that point is that every single one of Jesus' disciples, historians would maybe say, bar one, possibly, they all gave their lives for the gospel. They were all tortured, crucified, beaten. All of them, possibly apart from one, gave their lives. But hang on a minute, 50 days ago, they were running for their lives. But actually the power that they, they, the Holy Spirit brought them was going to help them not to just dip their little toe in and say, I'll follow Jesus when I feel like it. But this power was actually going to say, I'm all in. I'm all in. It's all or nothing, and I'm all in. And church, you have a job to do. You have an assignment in your life to do. But it's too big for you to do by yourself. You need the power of God active in your life to do the work that God has called you to do. You're not going to pull off the assignment God's got for you without this power. It's too big. It's game over. But God wants to equip you with his power. Pentecost is all about power. It's not about goosebumps. It's not about people going a bit mad. It's not about getting a feeling. Pentecost is all about power. And I like to think of it as this, pop. Power on purpose. Pop. God wants to give you power on purpose. 
He wants to give you power to do something. He doesn't want to give you power to say, aren't I good? Look at me. I can pray for people. Look at me. No, 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 that, that's called pride. That's not power. God wants to give you power on purpose so you can get the jobs done in your life that God is saying, this has got your name on it. This is what I've called you to do. He wants to give you that power. And you see, you and me, you need God's power in your life to be a witness. You need God's power in your life to do what he's calling you to do. We need to possess God's power in our life. And Pentecost was pivotal. See, the word pivotal means it's got to happen. This is really crucial. This is not like if you're feeling it, this is an optional extra icing on the cake sort of. This is pivotal. This has got to happen. And see, these believers... This Pentecost experience was pivotal. I've already said that they couldn't pull off what God had got for them in their own strength. No way. It was absolutely pivotal. You see, these followers needed a Pentecost experience for the sake of God's mission. Because they weren't going to do it by themselves. And maybe... Maybe some of you might be saying, Liam, okay, we get what you're saying, but surely I received everything I need at salvation. When I gave my life to Jesus, Leanne, surely that was it. Like, Jesus came into my life. Like, why do I need this Pentecost? What? I'm already a Christ follower. Why do I need, you're telling me I need this Pentecost experience, this Holy Spirit. And here's the thing. Salvation, the free gift of salvation that God gives, stands on its own. It's all about what God has done for you. And Ephesians tells us this so well. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. You see, receiving salvation is all about God's work in your life. It's nothing to do with what we do. What we do does not earn salvation. It's all about God's grace. But you see, This verse goes on to say in verse 10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And here's the thing, after salvation, God has then got more for you. God has got another step. In fact, he's got several other steps for you after salvation. Salvation isn't the finishing line. Salvation is the starting line. It's actually the get going. It's actually, ah, right, I'm running for Jesus now. God's got so much for you, but God doesn't wrap everything into this salvation experience. God's got more for you. And in Acts 2, 38, 
Peter says to 3,000 people plus, he says, repent, salvation. Be baptised, which is a public demonstration. So it's almost like salvation, step one. We're getting going now. Be baptised, step two. Public declaration, this is what I'm living for now. But then Peter says, and then be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptised, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's got more. Salvation is just the start. But God wants you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why? Simply so you can fulfill the works he's got for you. He's already planned them. He's already got them lined up. But now he needs to give you that power that can help you fulfill those works. And Pentecost is positive. Any parents in the house today with little ones, give me a wave. Michael, if your children asked you for a fish, would you give them a snake? You sure? How about if they ask you for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? Definitely. Call a friend. Or you sure? Jesus said this. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give, say it with me, friends, good gift to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You see, Pentecost is positive because God wants to give you something good. And some of us, We've had bad experiences, maybe of people filled with the Holy Spirit who want to maybe pray for us. Maybe we've been in contexts which have freaked us out. And sometimes we may have seen strange happenings. And here's the thing, God is never strange, but sometimes some of his children can be, me included. But that doesn't make God strange and weird. Sometimes his kids just get a bit weird with all the best intentions in the world most of the time. And sometimes the Holy Spirit has had a bad rap, bad press, bad image even in your mind because we may have seen weird stuff that is to do with Pentecost and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And for some of us, and you may even be listening today, and you may think, I don't like this Holy Spirit thing, Leanne. Like, when's the next series coming? Because this freaks me out. I've seen weird stuff. I'm not too sure. And I just want to say to you today, what God wants to give you is good. It's not weird. It's not wacky. You don't have to get your trainers on and run away from it. God wants you to run to him and to his spirit and what he wants to give you. And for some of us, 
maybe as we journey through this series, some of you may feel challenged. I've got to let go of some fears. I've got to put down some misconceptions I've had of the Holy Spirit. Maybe rather than trying to run away, maybe it's time for you to start walking to the Holy Spirit and saying, okay, show me who you are and show me the power you want to give me in my life. Because friends, Pentecost is positive. And finally, Pentecost is so important because it's for every believer. You see in Acts 2 verse 4, it says they were all filled. How many is all? Are you sure? It's all 50%. Are you sure? 75. Okay, we'll be generous. 90. It's all, all, all. All in. Everyone. How about the black? How about the white? How about the educated? How about the uneducated? How about the young? How about the old? How about those who have been Christians 20 years? How about those that met Jesus yesterday? Or, or, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And friends, the Holy Spirit, this Pentecost experience, is for every believer. You might have met Jesus yesterday. Well, you can repent. You can be baptized and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit straight away. You haven't got to wait. You haven't got to hang on for 10 years. You see, there's no hierarchy. There's no caste system going on here. There's no pecking order going on here. The Holy Spirit is for every believer. Every believer, I don't care what you feel about yourself, whether you feel the greatest sinner or not, the Holy Spirit is for every single believer. It's for you. It's for me. The Holy Spirit came on all individually. You have to choose this for yourself. We don't choose the Holy Spirit as a church well, we do, but because we choose to live according to the Spirit and we want to release you in the gifts of the Spirit, but we invite the Holy Spirit to give us a Pentecost experience as an individual. You do it for yourself. You do it in your own way. I was about 14 and I invited the Holy Spirit Give me a Pentecost experience. I want to be baptized. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As a child, believe it or not, I was the shyest kid going. When the Holy Spirit baptized me, he changed me around step by step, day by day. I never imagined I'd be doing this. Why? The power of Pentecost the power of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is about power. It's pivotal for your walk with Jesus. It's positive. You don't need to be scared. And it is for every single believer. Final thing. Remember we spoke about those 
feasts, those holidays of the Jewish people, Passover, Pentecost, their third major feast is tabernacles. The tabernacle in the Old Testament, do you know what it represented? God's dwelling place or residence. The tabernacle was the place where God's presence is. Guess what Pentecost did, friends? Guess what Pentecost is? No longer is God's power and presence resting in a tabernacle that's made by human hands. God's power, God's presence is wanting to rest in you. You, He wants you to be His tabernacle. His living, breathing, moving, feeling tabernacle. He wants you to be a carrier of His presence. How? Through the Holy Spirit living in you. Through allowing the breath, the ruha, the pneuma of God to breathe over you. That's how you and me are going to be those tabernacles. Those tabernacles that people look at and say, why are you so different? What have you got that I haven't got? Friends, they will see the Holy Spirit in your life. Stand with me this morning, church. Maybe you're a Christ follower here and you've already had a Pentecost experience. That is wonderful. And I want to encourage you as it's houses in Ephesians. 3.19, read it when you're at home. Keep being filled. Keep being filled. We leak, friends. We leak. Keep being filled. If you've had that experience, keep asking for more. Even as I pray in this moment, ask God for more. As you go home into a new week, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you again and to keep filling you. Maybe you're here and you love Jesus and you're saying, Leanne, oh, I've never had this Pentecost experience and maybe actually there's a part of me that wants to say yes. And in week four, we're going to be laying hands on people. We're going to be praying and we're going to be inviting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But friends, you don't have to wait for two more weeks. Even in this moment right now, I encourage you, stretch out your hands and say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. Come fill me. Come breathe over me. In the course of the next week, why not ask him when you're at home? Come fill me, Holy Spirit. Breathe. Breathe, breath of God. Breathe. Breathe, breath of God. And maybe you're here and you're saying, well, I've not yet said yes to Jesus. Well, that's okay. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus first in a moment. And the Holy Spirit will work on that in the next few weeks. That's all good. Dear God, I thank you that you're here through your presence today. And I pray for every Christ follower here that loves you. Those that want to, even for the first time, experience Pentecost in their life. Oh God, would you bless them?
Holy Spirit, would you breathe? Breathe your presence. Breathe that breath of God over their lives as they leave this place. May your presence rest heavily over their lives that they will have a brand new experience that will change them, that they'll never be the same again. And for those that have already experienced your power, keep filling them, Holy Spirit. We need more. We run dry. Keep filling them in Jesus' name. And just we're going to remain for one more moment. If you want to say yes to Jesus this morning, if you want to invite him into your life, if you want to say sorry for your mess and for the things that you've done, he's dealt with it at the cross. As you give your mess and your sin to him, he wants to forgive you. He wants to give you a brand new start and he wants you to know his power in your life. So I'm going to invite you just to repeat a prayer in your heart. And if you say this prayer in your heart, please come and see me at the end. Either myself or David, we would love that. Let's say this prayer in your heart if you mean it for you. Dear God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. That you want to forgive me from my mess. That you want me to have a relationship with you. I'm surrendering my life to you today. Come into the driving seat. Be in charge of my life. Help me to live for you. I want to say yes to Jesus. Amen. 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 Bless you all. Bless you all in Jesus' name. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.